0: So for our listeners, all you need to do is download EarnIn today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location cernin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 808. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 808. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. If you're listening in live time, it is into the school year. And also for our family, we have survived this year's first round of COVID. So it feels like we are like legitimately now in full swing again after summer. It felt like we had a real false start at that beginning of the school year, with Vinny's first week, full week of school being the week that he got COVID. Like he tested positive on a Saturday and was supposed to start his first full week of school on Monday, and that didn't happen. But this week, he started on Monday. It's been a full week of school, which just feels like a gift. And so I'm feeling really grateful about that. And I hope that you are feeling just back into the routine of school and fall. I know I put on my... First wearing of my puffy vest today, which felt really good. It, there's like you know a little wind chill and little a little bit of a chill in the air, and so I'm like ready to get cozy. <laughs> I'm ready for the pumpkin, everything, and cozy times and my Uggs and all that good stuff. So today we're going to be talking about habits to raise your resiliency, and I'm really passionate about this. I've actually been working with a public health department for the last since January on resiliency and on resilient leadership and how to build resiliency. And they've been just doing this really great job of building resiliency into the way that they um, support their team members who are then going out and supporting the community through public health measures. And one of the things I've had the opportunity to do through that work is really dig into what does it mean to be resilient? What is resiliency? And also, where are some of like the, I was going to say the half-truths, it's not even half-truths, it's these like blatant lies about resiliency that nobody's talking about. So when we talk about resiliency, we accept And it's taught to us in a way that it's like, it's on us. Like, if you want to be a resilient person, like, you got to go do something about that. And there's something really significant missing when we present resiliency as a tool to be owned by an individual. And so we're going to dig into that today, because I am not here to tell you to just be more resilient. And here's some simple tips, because it's not all on you. The system would like you to think it's all on you because then the system doesn't have to take responsibility for why you are in the position of having to raise your resiliency to begin with. So that's what we're going to dig into today. It's probably going to get a little heated. I'm pretty passionate about this. And I think those of you who've been listening for a long time, like, you're going to know exactly where I'm going when I get started with this, and you're going to be totally here for it. If you haven't been listening for as long, like some of this, it's going to be a rant, but it's like well thought out and well organized. And I think we're all going to be on the same page by the time we're done. So when we think about resiliency, we think about growth mindset. And when we think about growth mindset, it's accepting things like, I can, you know, I can figure anything out and more opportunities are always just around the corner versus fixed mindset, which tells us like, if everything's bad today, everything's always going to be bad. Or fixed mindset tells us like, well, I'm really bad at that thing and I'm never going to get any better at it. So fixed mindset is this very pessimistic attitude and growth mindset is very optimistic and very full of hope. And I can always get better and I can always learn more and I can always, 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 which is great, right? Like we want to have that mindset as we're moving through life that we can learn new things and grow in new ways and, you know, contribute to the world in different ways and have new options at every turn. So resiliency comes through that through growth mindset, for sure. Resiliency also comes from listening inward and recognizing like, here's what I really need right now. Here's what's not working, or I feel really, really tired. And here's what I'm going to do about that. So that listening inward and connecting to our intuition is really important when it comes to re- resiliency. And then the third part of resiliency that is not super shocking is being a is practicing shameless self-advocacy to stand up and say, "Hey, like I'm done, I'm not taking anything more on like setting boundaries, standing up for yourself, let, knowing your limits and then practicing having boundaries around your limits rather than letting people just take more and more from you which is real hard as a mom, real hard as a woman. And so this isn't surprising, right? Like I could do a whole episode of just about like what does this look like in kind of common terms and ways that we really openly and widely accept resilience and resiliency, especially among women and moms. So we can all agree on all of that. I'm guessing. But if we look dig deeper into this, I think that we can start to see where there are some fallacies around resiliency and some things that we've been taught that are not serving us but are serving bigger systems that are greatly greatly failing us. So I think we can all agree that things have been really hard for a long time. <laughs> so for the last 4 years specifically, but you know, If you have children, probably from whenever you first had children, like things got hard and they stayed hard because systems have not been set up to support moms and motherhood, especially if you are also working on moving up a corporate career ladder. So things have been hard for a long time, minimally the last almost four years. And we're supposedly beyond this critical peak of hardship. We have like gotten through this pandemic. We've gotten through other things that have come with that. We're supposedly past the hard stuff. Yet... Everyone I know in the last mm, six to 18 months, since we are quote unquote like past COVID, is experiencing or has experienced some kind of trauma. And some of that is related to maybe not having processed the collective trauma of the last three years. I think that we as a society, as a culture, have not processed the collective trauma of what COVID-19 was for us, like very universally and collectively. But on top of that, I've seen so many people around me, clients, colleagues, friends, family members, enduring personal trauma that is directly or indirectly connected to the last three years. I've never seen so many people close to me experience so much turmoil. And it almost seems like every time I pick up my phone, there's something new that like someone else died from this very random thing that seems like it came out of nowhere or someone else is like, you know, their house burnt down or they have a cancer diagnosis. I mean, it's just like, it's so overwhelming. Just this week, I found uh, I learned about like two things happening with some school family, people in our community that are like these hugely, hugely traumatic things. And I'm just thinking how do we keep going when big heavy hard things keep happening like the hits just keep coming. So some people are feeling really stuck, some are experiencing crisis after crisis whether that's related to career crisis or terrifying job instability. I've actually had multiple conversations with people as my husband's been navigating his layoff where people have said like my partner hasn't navigated a layoff yet, but every day we think it might be the day that it's going to come. And to sit in that for a long period of time is definitely traumatic to be sitting every single day thinking like today could be the day that everything changes. So some people on top of that are struggling with significant mental health challenges, which is hugely contributed to challenges around addiction. And I have never in my life known more people to struggle with addiction in significant, significant ways than I have in the last couple of years. I've never known as many people to lose their lives to addiction and to mental health as I have in the last year or so. start to get like little scabs and scratches, and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse. And so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship. And I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment, formulation and then also the spray. And the spray was perfect. So Vinny does not like ointmenty, mini, creamy, lotiony things on his body, but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning, he was like, mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non-toxic, suitable on all types Types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs. With over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. So there's just a tremendous amount of pain and suffering around us. And whether you're the person who's seen the pain and suffering, or you're the person experiencing the pain and the suffering, it can feel irreverent to say like, just practice being resilient, and like experience joy and take time out to yourself and practice self nourishment and self compassion. It seems like we should be reserving compassion for those who are suffering more than us, right? Like it's almost like the suffering Olympics, which I'm saying like a little tongue in cheek, but I've had this experience myself. And I know a lot of people around me have where you think, well, I can't complain about my hard day or my hard week or my hard month, because look at the person next to me, like theirs is a million times harder. And it's like, who are we going to put on the podium for winning like the suffering Olympics, because everyone's a candidate right now. And it also can be harmful in terms of how we acknowledge and give ourselves permission to process and recover from our own trauma and our own struggles when we're seeing people around us who are having what appear to be bigger struggles or bigger trauma going on at the same time. So this is all really, really sticky and really heavy. And when we talk about being resilient, which often is like around incorporating joy and play and self-care, I want you to think about resilience as an act of resistance to say, i am still here and i'm going to make the conscientious choice to stay here because a lot of people have chosen to not stay here in the last few years and more people will continue to make that choice whether it's consciously or subconsciously whether they choose to opt out very you know on purpose or if it is an accidental opting out which is happening a lot I think it's significant that you recognize that your resilience can be an act of resistance by saying, I'm still here and I'm going to stay here. And then looking at what habits are you going to put into place to raise your resiliency while recognizing that the things that got you here need to be acknowledged as actual root causes rather than you internalizing and owning root causes that are singularly yours. So what I mean by that is that the system, greater society will tell you that you should just practice resistance, in air quotes, just practice being resilient. And here's some steps you can take even to practice resilience. When the system was not built with any tools or resources to actually support your resiliency, the system will tell you that resiliency is your job alone when the system is and has been beating down and failing most folks on a grand scale for a very, very long time. So whether you think about what that means in terms of access to childcare or how women are able to, and moms specifically, operate in the workforce or how people of color have access to all sorts of opportunities, including things like housing and where they can live and where it's safe for them to be in existence. The system will tell you that resiliency is about the last few years and all you've been through in the last few years. When actually the system has been beating down women and mothers and people of color and marginalized and people carrying marginalized identities for centuries, the system will tell you that resiliency is a problem that can be solved through self care. When self care won't make any difference if you have to jump right back into the structures that harm you five minutes after you get out of your bubble bath, the system will tell you, Look at you, you're so strong, you're so capable, you're the model of resilience without acknowledging that it has no plans to grow or change or evolve to make your life easier. Instead, in order to stay where you're at right now, you will have to continue to be your most strong, most adaptable, most resilient self every damn day until you die. So when we keep taking on our own resiliency as a personal project versus acknowledging that it is part of a greater system, the system keeps winning, the system is being upheld and the system is functioning as exactly as it was intended to function. And this isn't just about moms and about women. This is about like large scale communities, people carrying marginalized identities. And also this can also absolutely be about men and their resiliency and what, how have men been able to internalize or not internalize resiliency or honor resiliency or be able to take a step back and say like, hey, here's what I need support around. And here's how men have been having to show up in certain ways that have been harmful for them and harmful for the ways that they show up and parent or don't show up and parent or harmful to the ways that they engage in workplace relationships and personal relationships or don't engage in those workplace or personal relationships. So, I hope that opens your eyes a little bit to this perspective around resiliency is like this pick yourself up by your bootstraps kind of a thing. Because, yes, while that is what it actually looks like, that is not what it should be. Because when it's just you picking yourself up by your bootstraps over and over again, but nothing changes at the foundation. Then you are putting on like the tiniest band aid on the largest wound over and over and over again. And it's a wound that's like, it's an infection, it's going to keep growing. It's antibiotic resistant. <laughs> it's this infection that's continuing to grow and it's continuing to flourish. And yet you keep putting on this like little tiny band-aid and you can't figure out why it's not working. Well, it's because the little tiny band-aid, that you know, bubble bath at night or taking a two-hour nap on the weekend once a month, that's never intended to be the thing that makes the big, huge wound go away. When we look at, and I think this piece is even more eye-opening, when we look at the definition of resilience, I think we can also see how this is not only... our personal responsibility to do something about this. So the definition, according to the American Psychological Association of Resilience is that resiliency or resilience refers to both the process and the outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences. So when we think about the process and the outcome of successfully adapting to difficult or challenging life experiences, if you are a person who holds marginalized identities, then you have been forced to adapt to difficult or challenging life experiences your entire life. So the expectation based on this definition is like, oh, you were born and now you have to be resilient every single day. An extension of this definition from the American Psychological Association is that resilience is having the mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility and ability to adjust to both internal and external demands. So you are born into this, like having to successfully come up with processes and then Navigate difficult and challenging experiences. And also, you're expected to have, in order to be resilient, you're expected to have the mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility and ability to adjust to both internal and external demands on an ongoing basis. So, when we look at those external demands, that's the system, that's the gaping wound that just keeps getting bigger. And yet, it's on you to have the mental, emotional, and behavioral flexibility and ability to continually adjust to that and adapt to that and bend to that. Like keep putting on that tiny little Band-Aid and see like, is it covering the wound? It's not. We know that. So when we look at resiliency through this lens, my hope is that you can see it for what it is and that you can see that resiliency isn't so much about you as an individual is that it is about how a system has been built in a certain way that many, many of us and probably everyone listening to this show right now, because I'm assuming all of you are showing up in the capacity of being a mom or a woman or non-binary, that all of us listening right now are living in a system that was never intended for us to be successful. And so then what do we do with that? How do we take on that responsibility and also push back on that expected responsibility to say, this is not mine to carry. And this is certainly not mine to carry alone. So I want to give you tips for habits that you can integrate for your own personal resilience. But I want you to be doing this through this lens of like, I don't owe the system anything. Also recognizing that some of us don't have the privilege of standing up and saying, I don't owe the system anything. If you have to show up every single day for you know, an hourly job and you're living rent or paycheck to paycheck to pay bills and pay rent, then you might not have the privilege to stand up and say, like, screw the system. You're having to show up and get certain things done on a certain timeline in order to maintain safety, stability, security for your family. So what can you do if you're on that end of the spectrum? And then what can you do if you're on the, another end of the spectrum where you have more privilege and power to actually point out in all the circles that you're in and all the places that you take up space, like, hey, here's what I'm doing to practice resilience. Here's what I'm doing to take care of myself. And also, how and where are we looking at these systems? And who are the systems failing? And what are we doing about that? So these are my people who are in those leadership positions in the corporate world. These are my people who are in political office. These are my people, my moms who are looking to run for political office. These are the community conversations that we're having, whether we're having it with the PTA, or we're having it with our, you know, the kids soccer team, or little league organization, or we're having it with like the local knitting association, or we're having it at the community center or in our churches, like wherever we're having these conversations, we're recognizing where's the system. Being held accountable versus individuals being held accountable when there's massive wide scale suffering going on. So, with all that said, what are the six things that you can do to have integrate habits that will raise your resiliency so that you can also be self protective as you continue to navigate this world that was built with <laughs> this idea that you're going to have to be really flexible and adaptable all every single day for the rest of your life? <laughs> so, the first thing that you can do is practice changing the narrative. And this isn't because you're going to change the narrative to bypass truths. This is you saying like, okay, these are the things that are ugly and true. And also, Here's what else is true, or as Glennon Doyle says, what else is true and beautiful that I'm going to tap into today so that I can keep going, so that I can show up for my kids, so that I can show up for my partner, so I can show up for the work that I want to do, that I can show up and have the impact that I want to have in the world. And so this can come through a gratitude practice. This can come through getting up in the morning and like I do, taking your first three sips of coffee and thinking about three things you're grateful for and recognizing like, okay, there's three things that are working for me today, and they might be really little things. It might be like, okay, my dog is cute and cozy next to me, and my coffee is hot, and you know, I just put on my winter slippers, and the heat turned on. It can be really small things, but those are three things that are working for you. It might be through expressive writing, and so getting up and journaling, or taking breaks to journal, or being, my grandma wrote poems for years and years and years, so maybe you're someone who writes poems giving yourself that space to change the narrative or to process the narrative can be extremely, extremely powerful. A past guest of the show and my friend Tanmi Seti has her book called Joy is My Justice, which I'm going to talk a little bit about later on in the um, episode. But she talks a lot about changing the narrative. Like her son was diagnosed at age two or three with a terminal illness. And she has spent his entire life, he's now a teenager, having to change the narrative in order to keep showing up and enjoying every precious moment that she has rather than seeing as a day closer to the time when she doesn't have him. So that's number one building resilience through changing the narrative. I swear it's like, Did you know that hair thinning will happen to approximately one in two women? If you're among them, you are not alone. Thinning hair is normal, but it's not openly talked about. So it can feel lonely and frustrating and sometimes even embarrassing when you're going through it yourself. Join the over 1 million people who are doing something about their thinning hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Oh my gosh, I am a heavy shedder. So if you are a shudder, or if you are someone who's wanting to thicken your hair, I definitely want you to try out Nutrafol. I have loved using it myself, and I know multiple other people who've used it and have found great results. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol Women's Hair Growth Supplement for six months. Find out why 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Go to com. That's N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code SHAMELESS. com. code SHAMELESS. Number two is building resilience through leaning on others. So in one of my all-time favorite books ever called Burnout, which I've talked about on the show before, Burnout is, and I'll link all the books that I mentioned in the show notes because I'm going to reference a few books here in the next few minutes, But in the book Burnout by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski, two sisters who are incredible, they talk about human giver syndrome. And human giver syndrome primarily and predominantly impacts women, where we are taught from a very young age that we should be givers and that we should pay attention to what other people need and that we should be pleasing to others and that we should really exist for the purpose of looking pleasing, sounding pleasing, doing pleasing work for others, like it's all about like, what does everyone else need, which feeds perfectly into being a great mom, right? Because then naturally, you're like set up to be a very giving and hands on mom, which most of us are just naturally inclined after you have a child you're like okay well i have to keep the baby alive so i guess i'm going to be pretty generous with my with what i do to do that in terms of giving time energy resources to keep you know to feed the baby to burp the baby to change the baby's diapers so when we go through the path of being socialized as a woman and then becoming a mom we are just deeply deeply integrated into this idea of human giver syndrome where we're giving 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 with no expectation or even idea or thought that we should lean on others or ask others for anything. In fact, we're so not trained to do that, that most of us can't do it. Or we find 1 million workarounds in order to avoid it. And I'm like raising my hand in that like not good at asking for help. And also, it wasn't modeled to me like my mom didn't wasn't good at asking for help either. Because she was also like, I got it, I got it, I got an independent kind of a woman. The other piece of raising resilience through leaning on others is to really, really lean on others as a form of building trust and safety and growth in relationships. So this actually, going back to my mom, came up in a conversation I was having with my mom where she was at home and she needed something. And I think it was her phone charger wouldn't work. and And we couldn't figure out if it was the phone or the charger. So I'm across the state five hours away. So I said, Mom, Go next door to your neighbor's house and just ask to plug in your phone and see if the phone works on their charger, because then you'll know. And she's like, Oh, I don't want to bug them. I don't want to ask them. She's like really good friends with both of her next door neighbors. And she's like, No, 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 no. I don't want to bother them. And I randomly, right after we got off the phone, see this quote from Adam Grant on social media and I send it to her and I was like, this is exactly what you need to see right now. So the quote said, people are happier to help than we expect. The data shows that we overestimate how inconvenienced they will feel and we underestimate how valued they will feel. Asking isn't always a burden. It's an opportunity to help others feel capable and useful. Seeking help is an expression of trust. I want you to think about when people have asked you for help and you feel that sense of like honor that they thought to ask you because you think, oh my gosh, like they picked me. They trust me enough to be the person to show up for them in this moment. I've had that feeling so many times and now I know that when I ask people for help that I'm giving them the opportunity to feel that, to feel like, oh my gosh, Sarah, trust me enough that she's letting me do this. She's asking me to do this. She's putting this in my hands. So start thinking about leaning on others as a form of building trust and safety and growth in relationships and also learning to receive and be held, which is so uncomfortable if we are the receiver, if we are always the people giving and holding others. It's really uncomfortable. I know that whenever... I we receive something, and this has happened a lot as my husband has been navigating his layoff, like every time someone does something nice for him, I'm like, we should take them out to dinner after you get a job. And I'm like, okay, the list of people that, like we should take out to dinner, we will spend his whole first year salary <laughs> taking people out to dinner because so many people have been so generous and no one expects anything in return. They're like, I'll make an intro for you, I'll make a connection, and they're delighted to do it. And we're just letting them do it, but it feels uncomfortable to just receive that without being in a position of like, can I give you something back? Can I send you a gift card? Can I take you to dinner? Can I like, you know, do something that where I can immediately reciprocate? Number three, the third habit to building resilience is through building resilience through self-compassion. So this is honoring and labeling the hard stuff. So acknowledging this is hard, this is stressful. This is a moment of suffering. And Kristen Neff has a lot of work around this. Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. She is the co-founder of the Center for Mindful Self-Compassion. And she talks about labeling this hard stuff that I'm in a moment of suffering right now and recognizing that you're not alone, that suffering is something that everyone experiences. I think sometimes we lose that part. We are like, it's just really hard for me and everyone else has it figured out or everyone else has it easier. And suffering is something that everyone experiences. Suffering is universal. So when you're in that experience of suffering, to own it, to honor it, to hold space for it, and then be kind to yourself as you manage your way through it and talk to yourself as you would talk to a friend, that you would say to your friend and you should say to yourself like, this is a hard moment or a hard season. You're really strong, you can keep going, but it's also okay to rest. Also, you can do hard things. You've done hard things before. I believe in you. I know from what everything I know about who you are and how you show up in the world that you're going to figure this out too. So how can you practice that self-compassion that you would lend to anyone else who was suffering on yourself? Fourth is building resilience through quitting. So This is one of my favorite invitations, an invitation to quit all the things that are no longer serving you. And I've talked about this a lot on the show, but really actively and especially when you're recognizing and accepting this notion that resiliency isn't the responsibility of an individual rather than the responsibility of the system to fix the system to give yourself permission to quit and to be like, you know what, this system was set up for to make me do 1 million things. And I'm not here for it anymore. I'm not here for doing all the things with no resources. I'm not cool with it. I'm not doing it. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to quit saying yes to all the things. I'm going to quit overproving, overproducing, overdoing every single thing in every role in my life. I'm going to quit doing A plus work I'm going to quit prioritizing others to the extent of sacrificing your own mental and physical health. So how can you quit doing those things by recognizing that you're in a system that it's not shifting anytime soon, like it's not gonna get better tomorrow. So what do you need to quit today so that you can continue to endure? The fifth habit to help you raise your resilience is to build resilience through rest. You must get the book Rest is Resistance by Trisha Hersey she talks about sleep deprivation as a public health issue. Sleep deprivation is a public health issue. You think it's just you. You're like, I always just stay up too late. I need to be more disciplined. Nope, it's a public health issue because we live in a culture that says do more, hustle, do more. And especially if you're a woman or a mom and you wanna keep up, you better really do more and hustle. So one of her great quotes in the book is to no longer be ravaged by this culture's incessant need to keep going no matter what to produce at all costs. This is why we rest. So she talks about rest in all these different capacities. And she talks about rest really specifically as it relates to living, navigating the world as a black woman and a black mom. But building rest is a form, or resting is a form of resistance. Now, this doesn't mean that you sit down and rest and let other people with marginalized identities do all the things for you, that's not what it means, but it does mean giving yourself permission to rest and recognizing that the reason that you're hustling all the time is because of cultural conditioning, and it's absolutely inappropriate that that's the expectation. I wanna say like it's absolutely you know uncalled for and you don't need to keep doing it, but the reality is, you might need to keep doing it because it might be and sometimes is the only way to succeed at the level that you want to succeed or succeed enough to even pay your bills. So, how can then you say, I'm still going to build in rest? I'm still going to prioritize me. I'm still going to take care of myself. And she talks about, she has this huge list of ways that you can do that in really short stints throughout the book, no matter kind of what kind of schedule you're navigating or how busy or booked your life is, that everyone can incorporate rest in ways that are appropriate for them. And then number six, the sixth habit to raising your resilience is building resilience through joy. So back to my friend, Tanmeet Seti in her book, Joy is My Justice. So she talks about her equation of suffering equals pain times resistance. When you continually resist the pain and try to push it away and wish you didn't have it, then you have amplified the suffering. So This pain is going to be there, but the level degree to which you resist it is what's going to dictate the depth of your suffering. And so how can you impact the variables that you have control over and not resist the pain, but in order to get through what you need to get through, hold space for the pain, honor the pain, and then have self-compassion for this is a really hard season. I'm suffering right now. And here's what I'm going to do to take care of myself. So those are your six habits to raise your resilience through changing the narrative, through leaning on other people, through practicing self-compassion, through quitting, through resting, and through building joy into your life on a regular basis. I listed all the books in the show notes and I just wanna honor you for being here, for listening to this. Listen more than once if you need to because this one has a lot of good messages that you might need to hear more than once. And no matter where you are, what you're doing today, please know that I am in this with you always. Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe. Go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be shameless mom of the week.